Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello, I'm Charles Cobbins. Welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the award-winning, yes, it's still award-winning, podcast about Northampton Town Football Club. This week, Bradford City came to town and we've got all of that and the rest of all the talking points from the last week to chat about too. And with me to do just that are the lovely... Danny Brothers, and the even lovelier, Chesie Coleman. How are you guys? You okay? Well? Yes. Good. I'm Charles, glad. I, I'm well, I guess, in myself. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm well I'm in myself. that yeah. you are well in yourself. Well in myself, Charles, yes. Well in yourself. Well in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good. Chesie, you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm all good. If uh, listeners good. thought that I was talking nonsense normally, they're in for a good treat today because I've been yeah. up since four thirty watching the Grand Prix today, so I could be Marvelous. talking all sorts today. It's all nonsense. Where, where was it? Australia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Australia. Quick question. Quick Go question. On. Completely off topic. Sorry, Go listeners. Um, Amelia, who's seven. Um, does an awful lot about uh, and is enjoying her geography at the moment. Um, she sings a song to know all the continents of the world. Mm-hmm. The, the song calls, well, first of all, 
it ignores New Zealand mm. and like Papua New Guinea and, and, and all of those places and just, just ends with and Australia. Isn't it mm. Australasia? It's Australasia, I believe. Hmm. Or I hope. <laughs> Oceania. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Is that true? Is that Either right? or all, I think. Good. Okay. Now that I've learned that, we can move on to the cobblers. Uh, uh, Bradford City. Danny. Yes. Bradford City. Bradford City. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Came they to came. Town. They saw. They didn't do a lot. No. If if they if they're not on the beach already, they're at least on the promenade. Charles. Oh, That's what I, I like say it. about that. See, looking um, out, looking at the pier. Looking at the Dean Pier. Oh! Hashtag Dean Pier Corridor, get it in. Yes, yes. In uh, yeah, they, they came. They didn't do a lot, did they? And nor did we. Well, we did, but <laughs> we knocked, we knocked, and we knocked again. <laughs> but again, we ran no away every the door. time. <laughs> well, as they even opened the door for us, I think, didn't they? A they couple did. of times. They did. But we just didn't want to go in. It's like oh. a vampire. <laughs> Charles, not wanting to go into a house. Is that vampires or is that zombies? Uh, it's vampires where it's vampires. you have to invite them. You have in. to be invited in. Yeah. yeah. There you we go. Be invited in for a vampire. Um, don't know about werewolves. That one, I kids? presume that they can just, just go wherever they want as long as the there's no yeah. silver anywhere. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm really looking forward to discussing this match because um, myself and Chesie have completely different views on it, don't we, mate? Yeah, it was appalling. <laughs> now, <laughs> I, I will contextualise this straight away. You were at the game inside Sixfields, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, while I was watching it on uh, iFollow. So I, well, so therefore we, we've, we've seen the same match, but not necessarily had the same ambiance um as each other whilst watching it i think that would be fair to say um danny you've watched it back i believe on, yes, on the, on the old morning, replay yeah. the whole yeah. game just to confirm the whole game yeah um and um going to use this opportunity to uh basically find out which one of me and chessie is correct <laughs> <laughs> i can't be the deciding judge oh you so can it's no you know me better than that yeah, I, I enjoy this. So, I, shall I give my point of view first? And then we'll let Chesy tear, tear me a new one. Is that all right? <laughs> Go, Go on. for it. <laughs> so, I I've watched made bullet points, by the way. Oh, hello. She's serious, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to sit here like John Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, ready. ready. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the match, uh, first of all. Which one? Uh, Cobblers versus Bradford City. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it because I thought the Cobblers were quite attacking. And especially in the first half, Bradford didn't really turn up, in my opinion. And everything that I'd said on the preview show on Friday to our friend Tim about how they passed us off the pitch, I felt, at Valley Parade back in November, didn't really happen at all in the slightest on Saturday. And I just sort of kept watching going we'll score soon I could, it was almost like I had a feeling in my bones I mean clearly that feeling was incorrect um, but I really enjoyed it and 
the reason I enjoyed it is because we had lots and lots of chances to score. And while I take the point, which is that we were not good enough with our finishing and therefore we were not good enough to win the game and that that is a concern, I think if you took this match and you took it out of the context of being the the sixth game left in the running, run-in, I should say, and you put it into, I don't know, the sixth game of the season territory, then it would have been an enjoyable match where we would have gone, look, we should have really won that, to be honest. Wasn't our day, though. I was off my seat at least four times with chances. Like, I did that whole thing where you're you sort of watching the game and then all of a sudden you go, oh, because it was <laughs> so close to scoring. Have you got bunions? No. Um, just for anyone that's listening that would like to know that. No, I do not. Um uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought we had several really good chances. And I thought the Bradford City keeper made a couple of really good point-blank saves. So how much he really knew about them is debatable, of course. Um, but other than that, I thought it was a really good game that we were mostly in charge of, I'd say, until we ran out of steam, really, in maybe the last 15, 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Chessie, you didn't. I didn't. I thought it was awful. <laughs> um, I'm going to caveat my statements with the following. Oh, um, away. I think you have to be, and I think I am, although I am I often do sometimes have a pop, I'm generally quite realistic. And also generally I tend not to whinge and moan too much on the basis that, you, like you say, Charles, a bit like with the whole six games left and if it was six games in, of where we are right so you have to take that all into account but I think my opinion of of the game as of yesterday at 5 p.m is the same as now at 20 past eight on Sunday evening which tells me that I probably feel the right way if that makes sense for um like I've digested the game mm-hmm there was there were several reasons why I was really irritated, um, and the main things that I've got is first of all when you get get into the ground. And by the way, I I have to point out that I'm absolutely aware that money is an absolute element at the moment, and that can't be discounted. But there's a significant lack lack of fans. There's a significant lack of atmosphere. And it's very, very flat in the stadium at the moment, which indicates to me that there is something not quite right. What it also indicates to me is that we've got six games to go. And normally about this time of the year, unless we're doing awfully, Sixfields is near enough at a pretty high attendance, if not full. If you're going for promotion, potentially we couldn't move up the table yesterday. But we could have definitely secured a bit of a, a better position with a win. So, for starters, it's a concern. Secondly, the attitude and the way that we we go about these teams after around twelve or thirteen, fourteen, fifteen minutes, if we don't score, is really poor. So I feel, having watched in that stadium, that we were really going at Bradford for. A, about 15 minutes and we didn't find a way through. And then we just sunk to their level in terms of we 
came off the gas. We didn't press as high. We allowed them to break. We allowed them into the game. And then their tails were up. Brad, Brad fans started singing. And all of a sudden, <clears throat> you're under the cosh a little bit. Our passing play throughout the game was not good enough. There was often no real thought to it. And we very rarely converted throw-ins, particularly in the second half. And if, for example, if a player lost the ball towards the Bradford end, another player wouldn't help to pick up, you'd just be chasing. Again, another example, I think it was Apare won the ball brilliantly, came running down towards the north stand in the second half. There were three players around him and not one of those players made it to the box. It's like we just stop with about a third of the pitch left and we don't seem to know where to go or actually how to score. In the last 15 minutes of the game, there was no urgency whatsoever. And especially towards the last five minutes when we were absolutely desperate for results, Roberts, who, by the way, is a quality keeper, keeper, is just there kind of bouncing the ball like, yeah, we'll get this out for... That needs to be up. And that needs to be up in our penalty area pronto because we're running out of time. Now, it seems to me, having been in that stadium, that everyone in the stadium with the exception of Bradford fans, could understand the fact that it was really urgent that we got a result from that game, but the players didn't. And for me, what's not acceptable is the fact that we did not press enough to try and get that result in the last 15 minutes or so. We really didn't. We, we did not go for it. And I discount and I don't like the idea, oh, we, we had chances. We cannot score and we do not score. And I think Neil rolled off some stats last week and in our little chat that we have that were like the second worst goal ratio from open play. We don't score goals. And you cannot, and it should not, and it will not be accepted with six games for the end of the season. And you should be going for promotion and you've bottled it because that's what they've done pretty much. By the way, I'll eat humble by if they don't. And you're not scoring. It should not be accepted. I mean, we, we've, we've, fair enough. We've scored 47 this season. So we do. are not score scoring from open play. That's the issue. Because, and they'll tell you why it's an issue, Charles. It's because all of a sudden, come April, everyone's worked out how we score. And that's why we're not scoring. Did we not? score from open play against Hartlepool? I believe so, yes. But we're not scoring enough. We do not score enough goals. I mean, in, in comparison to, say, Forest Green, no, we don't. You know, they've scored 69 so far this season. Um, only us and Tranmere. Um, we've both scored the least amount of goals, 47 each in the top uh, 12, as it happens, um, looking at the league table at the moment. We've got one of the better defensive records, which is why we're up at the, you know, towards the top end rather than towards the bottom end, essentially, isn't it? Um, I'd be, I, I know I sound a bit like a manager here, but I'd be more concerned if we weren't creating chances. But we are. We just need to get a couple in the back of the net during a game. I mean, I, I genuinely believed on Saturday watching the game that it, it was 
the thing that we lacked was that little bit of luck. I don't we agree needed... with luck. We can't we finish. Need... We've got no composure but, but, on the ball. We but have we can absolutely finish because we... we're in the last few games, you know, the Hartlepool at home, we, we scored. So we can finish. It's just it's this one game. Enough, Charles. We're, not often yeah, enough. Yeah, I, I agree not with Jeffrey. We're not, we're not doing it enough. I mean, you could bring up Tranmere as well. We've scored three goals. Um, but in comparison to the other people, the other teams that are chasing or in that promotion pack, we're not doing Man's enough. Got four. I don't think. And it, it's harshness because I personally thought we played pretty well. I thought we made a lot of good stuff. I thought the balance was right in terms of how we set up. I thought everything was fine from what I watched of it. It was just, it wasn't going in for us. And I think. You can call that unlucky, um, which is fair, but I think we've had that too much this season now. We've had too many times where we've come away going, right, we're great, we're really good up to the last ball and we don't, we just can't put it away. Um, and there's something wrong there. There's like, However unlucky you can get, we haven't done it enough this season in on enough occasions to warrant a place in the top three, for sure. Right. Um, I want to go back to Jeffy's point a little bit, if, I, if that's all right, on the... The atmosphere as well. We said last week we want we need people in there. We need people in the ground. We need the players to respond to actually believing that we're in a promotion fight. Well, why didn't you go then, Danny? <laughs> but we need people to actually believe in it, Charles, and to actually for the players to believe it and for the for the management to come out and say we're fighting for a top three place. They're not saying that. You look at I looked at um, some of the highlights yesterday. Look at Mansfield. Went, went and won 4-0 at Scunthorpe, which is a standard result for Scunthorpe, yeah. But they've scored the fourth goal just after half-time. They've got about 2,000 fans behind that goal going absolutely nuts for a fourth goal against Scunthorpe, who are bottom of the league, who you, you're you on the way to beating anyway. They're going absolutely berserk. And you just don't see that with us. And I don't know, I can't put my finger on what it is because we don't, we're not playing too badly. We're not an awful team. We're not. We've not all season been terrible. I think that's the it, most it's, frustrating it's, thing, isn't it? And it's frustration. That, yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's frustration. And I agree I think, with you, Jeffy, on the last 15 minutes as well. Sorry. Um, I think the substitutions messed everything up a bit. Yeah, so and it just, it just ruined our rhythm completely. Uh, but yeah, it's frustration more than anything, I think. Can I just throw something in there? Throw it. For a, a discussion point here. You, you say about how it doesn't feel like people are basically that... I, I suppose in a way what you're saying is it doesn't feel like... The fans are, you know, and us, I include us in that, are fully behind the club, the you know, the team. No, I don't think it's that. I think we just don't believe that we're going to go up. I think what's oh. happening is we're, it's starting to unravel. Um, and I think that the management has done a fantastic job to really... And we said this a few months back, didn't we, Danny? How we've gone about everything really discreetly, or we we had gone about everything really discreetly, and we had managed expectations, and we'd kept everything calm, and we'd maintained that that place in the automatics, which is really strong, and it's something that cannot be discounted. We might be talking about this in a quite harsh manner, but that can't be discounted. But this point in the season, when you're forty now, forty one games in. You cannot have that. You need your management to be strong and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go out and we're going to destroy teams because we're going for the top three and that's how we're going to do it. And that's what the likes of Mansfield are doing. And that's the issue at the moment, I think. I think what Danny said is right. I wonder whether it's because of everything that's been going on around the club, off the field, plus 
you know, the awful relegation last season, the awful football, the fact that we weren't even at the football, you know, being able to go and stuff like that. I wonder whether that's having an effect. Yeah. People I, I think are so season... fed up maybe with supporting this football club. I think last season had a big impact, if I'm honest, in terms of people coming to the game. Because we've all had maybe been overexposed last season. Like we've all sat here and watched iFollow every week. Mm-hmm. When we like normally we wouldn't see most of the away games. We wouldn't see some of the season if we didn't go to home games. But we've we've actually we've got comfort of our own homes. We've been able to watch an entire season of absolute dross, <laughs> and it's it's difficult to get back up with a whole new squad. But I still think there's things you can do in that to make people believe in them and make people believe in this team. Um, and it, it just isn't happening. And I think it's it, it's starting to feel like it's too late now. Because you, you look at Mansfield, Bristol Rovers, Newport at the moment in the playoffs, Salford coming up, you don't. You, you would you choose to play out of them and actually believe we're going to beat? Salford, because um, we always at, beat them. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but, and Charles, you know I like butts. Mm, big butts, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, th- there's something in me that thinks, right, if we get into that top seven, if we get into the playoffs, it becomes a whole new ball game. And it becomes, I, I think that's when fans might start to think, right, sod it, we've got there, let's go for it. It's a semi-final, essentially. And it's a we're two games from Wembley and suddenly it becomes something completely different. And I think that's what happened last time and, uh, and in Keith Cole and his regime mm. of whatever it was, that we just, we were on the edge, we were on the edge, we were drifting off, we lost that game to Mansfield and you think we're going to drift away. Got there on luck, basically. Um, but then suddenly when the playoffs started, it's suddenly like, everyone's there, <laughs> they're all heroes again and they just become these these um, heroes to us and I think if you can get into that, sorry, if you can get into that top seven, if you can finish in the playoffs, that, that it's, it sounds silly but anything can happen. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, with you that. know, we've got it, and we've got to at that point just say, like, look, forget everything that's happened in the last few weeks, and let's attack it. Yeah, I want to point out, though, as well on on that point, Danny. These players are really likable, really likable, and I, we you talk so about what's that. missing then, because obviously there is there, there's as much as there's been a connection, you know, talked about between the fans and the, and the coaching team, and then the players. Evidently, by what especially what Danny was saying before, there's something missing. There absolutely is. And and the frustrating thing, I think, is I think that's, it's like a puzzle piece has gone missing since about January, February, which obviously... Keon Ateto. I, no, I don't agree with that because he didn't score enough. Um, I think we definitely lost momentum. We definitely threw away results and that started us on a, on a kind of downward trajectory and we had to pull ourselves back into the fight as such. Um, I think we have not bought well in January. We haven't consolidated places where we need to be. By the way, we've also not had our the best of luck with injuries. Um, so it's not all down to necessarily tactics or players in particular. Sometimes it is luck, but you cannot use, oh, our player got injured as and it, not an excuse because it's not used as an excuse, but we can't use that one element to define an entire half of our season because we're, we're, you should be better than that. We should be aiming to be better than that. My personal expectations are higher than that. I mean, we talked about it, didn't we, last week, I think, about how it feels like 
our expectations are, are being almost managed, if not tempered, um, by what's coming out of the football club. Um, especially what John Brady is, you know, saying in his post-match interviews or has done in the past where he's talked about how, and not just him in fairness, but people like uh, James Hennigan, the guys on Radio Northampton, they all talk about, and they're right to, I'm not disagreeing with them here. Before the season, expectations were, unless you were Neil, um, probably around about a top half, but mid-table finish that maybe we could be pushing for the playoffs. But we didn't really expect that. It was more of a, that would be nice to have. It would be higher than what we were thinking would happen. I agree with that, Charles. But do you know what I think the issue is there? And I have said this before, is that if you have got a rubbish cobbler's team, of which we've seen so many, they're rubbish, right? There's nothing Mm -hmm. you can do about it. They can't do anything. They ain't got the ability. They're just rubbish. They're like little passengers floating about on six fields pitch. They haven't got a clue what they're doing, right? This group of players, when they put passages of play together, when they work together and work well and have the right formation, the right tactics, the perfect substitutions, it is a perfect, perfect storm. Are you saying that that we're not trying hard enough then? No, 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 not at all. Then but then how do you correct that? Because you can't be perfect every day. You're not perfect no, every you day in your life. I'm not in mine. Can't. Danny's certainly not in his. Crikey. <laughs> but <laughs> we have the ability create, to create the perfect storm, right? We know that. It's about doing that more often. Like you say, we're not perfect all the time and cobblers are certainly not perfect this season. But they've had spells in games, right, where we're blowing away the opposition, i.e. the Tranmere game. All right, yes, the occasion. But if you were to be able to even just string together three 20-minute passages of play like that, where we're going at them for 20 minutes constantly, you're going to win that's more games That's really than you hard to do. Of course though, it is, it? but that's their job. But yeah, I thought but... we did that on Saturday a little yeah. bit as well. No, I don't it think we just, did. It was just the again, what we've talked about, the end product, which is we've been mm. talking about all season. It, I, I thought we did that in, I thought it's the most, yeah, the most we've looked dangerous in a long time in terms of watching that, the most balanced. Cliff looks thought, dangerous, but it doesn't fall every day, does it? <laughs> does it not? Do you see what I mean? Like I've got cliffs Poor outside cliff. my house and they don't fall down every day. Every now and again, they might. Do you see what I mean? No, no, no. But you were you were talking about those fifteen minute spells. I'm of joking. Possession I'm, I'm being. Stuff, right? I'm being. Face- is it facetious? It is. Yeah. Yes, you I'm are being facetious. Go on, Danny. Yeah. Finish your point. Um, yeah, yeah. You were just saying about the fifteen minute spells. Where I thought we actually did that on Saturday. We had good I sustained did. pressure. We had chances. We created stuff. We hit the bar. We had that. Those scrambles where, for some reason, Scott Pollock was standing in about thirty yards of space in the middle. Of the- box i was like well, is no one gonna mark him no one gonna no no and then he just stumbled and hoskins at the bar and it, it, it's easy to say on another day some of them go in but we've had too many games like that i think this season that's going to be our undoing uh, at this point i think you're right with that I, I do think you're right it has been far too many of these types of games which is leading to our uh, downfall is the wrong word. It's far too, <laughs> it's far too <laughs> dramatic. But you know, it's what's leading to us not winning automatic promotion by the looks of it. Um, but I again, know that you, you see, weren't. Go on, sorry, Danny. Sorry, I was, but again, you 
you say that about this game, we, we could end up finishing seventh, having a straight game, and then you have one of those games where everything goes in against Mansfield or something in the playoffs. Yeah. That's just how football works sometimes, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned Scott Pollock uh, yeah. there. Good Danny. game, I thought. Yeah, I was g- just going to ask you, how do you think he fared? Obviously, there's been an awful lot of talk about him. He went out on loan to Boston um, in January. Got recalled once uh, I think Sean McWilliams got injured. Um, and he's finally got his first league start of the season. Yeah, I thought he came in and did a sterling job. I thought it was some of his efforts were a bit tame, but I don't mind that. Is he that, from that what I could see one, a bit, that first, that first one was one, ridiculous. Yeah. But, <laughs> but at least he's having a shot. Yes. That's the thing. I agree. He's also the one player on the pitch that Neil was talking about last week when we got a throw in looking like he wants the ball. Mm. he was always looking for the ball. He was always looking to do something with it. And I think in that role, in that kind of number 10 role, it suits him a lot because he's always buzzing around. He's always looking for it. And I thought he he looked hungry and he looked like the type of stuff thing that we were missing last week in terms of someone who just wants to get the ball and, and do something with it. And, he's, and it might not always come off, but at least he's having a go to do it. I think he's, he's slotted straight in. I think he's, yeah, a, better option, case now, so. he's a better option than Lewis, isn't he? Certainly it's going to have now. to be now. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, I mean, in terms of we've been critical of Paul Lewis at times, rightly so, by the way. Um, and I, I've said this before about other players. I think I mentioned it last time I was on. Um, I think the biggest compliment you can give a player is if, like Danny says, they just slot in, which he did. He didn't look out of place. How do you think he did in terms of um, the criticism that John Brady levelled at him about his strength? And that was basically the reason why he, that he gave, wasn't it, earlier in the season as to why he wasn't getting a chance. Did you think that you saw any of what John Brady had talked about? That he wasn't strong think, enough, you mean? Yeah. Do you, do you think, is that was that visible? Did you see that he wasn't maybe strong enough for the division? Or do you think that he maybe proved John Brady wrong? Um, I think, if I'm brutally honest, I think a lot of the Bradford players were overweight. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I for that for okay. their for their for their profession. That's what I believe. Okay. I looked at them all, and I believed that they were unfit and overweight um, as a team. Which I'm sure, by the way, I have no doubt that Mark Hughes will sort that out. Um, but they didn't. They didn't look fit, and they didn't look like they were in the right shape to be footballers. They looked like, like Danny said at the beginning, they looked like they were already on the beach, frankly. They didn't look asked at all. Yeah, they? they couldn't be bothered. Um, so I probably would say, you, you probably it would probably be an injustice to Pollock to say either way on what I saw. Because I don't think the opposition were as strong as they definitely could be. He held his own, but he held his own against a very poor side that were on the beach, which makes not scoring against them even more annoying. Hey, just wait till Friday. Oh, you know, he's, you know yeah, he was yeah. up against them Friday, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, so, Jory Missalou, come on down. He scored. He scored. <laughs> he scored, he scored about three, isn't he, recently? It's on fire. He's yeah. doing really well. The yeah. irony, um, eh? So, the jury is still out on <laughs> young Mr. or Master Pollock. Um, oh, oh, hang on, hold your horses before oh, we move on to Pollock. Sean made a very bold statement the other day, and I wish, wish to share this with Scott Pollock if he's listening. Sean, of course he is. Sean, <laughs> obviously, Sean, when we were at Swindon, Scott Pollock walked past us and sat just in front of us 
against Swindon. And I forgot to mention this at the time, mm. but Sean made a Probably bold too statement livid about the result. <laughs> and said he is the smartest, most suave player Sean has ever met. <laughs> Spends all his time in London night. Uh, Honestly, uh, he was dressed he? immaculately. And Sean is a very style conscious man, believe it or not. He so, loves a church's shoe, doesn't he? He does buy sure. church's shoes, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Scott Pollock, if you're listening, Sean reckons you're smart, which is a big compliment. So, well done. <laughs> Brilliant. Please carry on about the game. I just wanted to let, let Scott Pollock know that. Uh, uh, it, it's definitely going to be a bigger test on Friday than it was. Yeah, yeah they're yesterday. fighting for their lives, aren't they? Yeah, certainly are. Um, you mentioned it before, Danny, I think, the substitutions. Mm. There were boos mm. when... Yeah, um, Epia was substituted and yeah. taken off. Um, Chesy, were you joining in with those boos? Absolutely not. Like no, I don't. I don't boo, but I I listen to boos. But, but it was justified, was it? I you think it was justified. It now, booed. can I just point out that there were statements made, um, actually by the BBC and the Cron. One of which that said it was Josh Epia that was being booed, and the other said that it was John Brady that didn't deserve the boos. Well, firstly, it wasn't Josh Epia being booed. And secondly, I do think to a certain extent it was justified. Now, obviously, we have further information and context to say that we think that Epia may have been carrying an injury. But I also want to comment on that because for the last three or four weeks why Koiki's been injured, and by the way, I also do know that there are issues with um, placements and who would replace Mills. But Mills has been, at times, bless him, shattered, and walking around like Bambi on the pitch before he's been substituted. Josh Epia was flying down that wing and could have done that extra 10 minutes. And that uh, that's why I think the fans were, are grumpy still about it. I thought he'd already done an extra 10 no, minutes. No, John, John said he wanted to, him to do another mi- 10 minutes. And he did, well, and he kept him on for yeah, 10 he more said, minutes, is yeah, what he's, he was saying. John, John Brady was saying that he tried to get him off 10 minutes earlier. But no, he, he need, he was, that boy should have said, I mean, obviously, we if, if your player's injured, you can't injure them anymore, right? And I'm not a doctor. Okay. But... But you don't but believe if, he was injured, is what you're saying, isn't it? What I believe is not necessarily that I don't believe that he's injured, because they're, obviously, we all know that players carry injuries through games we all know do you remember when John Joe played like wasn't it three months on basically a broken groin I know you can't break your groin but <laughs> it was literally his leg oh, was basically oh hanging me, off. me groin's broken it literally oh. was and effectively we lost him for a big chunk of the second the next yep. following season didn't we mm-hmm. so yeah. we know we carry injuries now I feel now obviously I'm not a doctor I feel that he was very mobile and actually, Charles, I think your point last night, you said to me, well, actually, I think that's a reflection of how hard he try- tries. Well, mm. yeah, I agree with that. Um, but he was absolutely flying down that wing. And and I don't know. I just think that maybe there could have been more time. And was, but the, the frustration, I think, is there. as soon as that substitution happened, the game died. Absolutely died. And also, I then believe that Apare's substitution was a little bit reactionary. I think... It just wasn't right. It just wasn't right at all. Was it, it, it was it Zimba that right. came on for Apare? It just Apare wasn't right. Someone else. Yeah, it was Zimba. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, sorry, no, Zimba, obviously you Zimba, know, Zimba came on for Epius. Yeah, oh, right. we can't. We can't. Um, what's the word? Assume that you know everyone's a doctor and knows better than the physios because they clearly know they do a, a really good job and and the players themselves the as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean. I, I mean, just... can I tell you what it reminded me of? And I think Danny might enjoy this. Go on. 
it reminded me of the time when Danny Crow was substituted by <laughs> Posh against us because he had the shits. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and our big rod manager, you've yes. got, oh, what was his name? Steve, um, <sighs> oh, their manager at the time. I can't remember, Steve something or other, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, and he was he was turning around to his fans and going, oh, he's, he's got the shits. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I think, I think. I think the the caveat again, lovely word. Steve Bleasdale. To yeah, mm, the caveat you. to all of of what I've just said is that that reaction was quite extreme, right, <laughs> from the fans. But doesn't that tell you that there was a problem in the first place? If he's the only I player think, creating, I don't think I, he, wasn't I, he wasn't the only player creating. It's, it's the fact that he was. Creating, uh, providing something. Mm. He he uh, is a player that gets bums off seats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was he was the exciting one, wasn't he? He yeah. was. I mean, as, as hard as Hoskins tries, no one will ever get behind him that much in terms of when he gets the ball. But when Epio actually gets the ball to feet, you feel like he can do something. It's like he can and fly. That, that's the frustration. But, but I do think we need. It's. I mean, it it seems like it was Epio telling Brady that he wanted to come off, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and then that's Brady saying no. Or Brady then saying, "Give me ten more minutes." Yeah, that—that's how I read that. So I think we mm-hmm. kind of need to trust the player in that one. Yeah, no, it's that, and that's absolutely it is. fine. But I, I do agree with you, Jeffy, that it—it it needed to be probably a different substitution mm. or work it differently to keep yeah. that momentum I think going that's because a it fair was, call. It, yeah, yeah, because it was completely. That was the end of the game after that. So who, who should have? Well, ha- hang on a minute. Well, I don't know. Let, let's just let's just have a look at it, shall we, and just see who else could have come on because. This is the this is the issue, isn't it, that we have, and John Brady has, which is that you know we don't seem to have those players that can come on and really make a difference. Who was on the bench? So on the bench was uh, little Johnny Maxted. Uh, Neil was on the bench. Michael Harriman. Oh, okay. Uh, so here's a shout, right, Charles? Well, hang on. Let me finish the actual. Hang on, no, I, I know really... exactly where this is no, going, no, no, Jeffy. Really I know con- where this is yeah, going. Please let me finish. <laughs> I'm going to finish this. So, okay. Michael Harriman, Ali yeah. Koipi, Bez Labala, Sean McWilliams, Danny Rose, and Chanka Zimba. Right. They were here's my here's my point. Here's <laughs> my point. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to say? You chuff the king up front, and you put Harriman in for Mills. I don't even care yeah. about the positions at this point. And Just I actually don't on. mind that. I, I don't, don't mind, mind that. that. Or at the very yeah. least. Because Epia was playing on the wing, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So yeah, and you it was could like put the front three. In, yeah, put Koike in in that position. Absolutely. Port Vale at the beginning of the season wasn't that where he came on? Where that's, he where, that's where he first came to Jeffy's eyes, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sean and me were like, "What is this? Why didn't he start? <laughs> Who is this? Beast? Who is this absolute king?" <laughs> I, I um, will say that because yeah. because came on first of all, didn't he? For um, uh, for old joseph mills yeah. which by the uh, way by was the needed what? was needed yeah also by the way that tackle in the first half of mills that was something oh, sensational. Oh, it was beautiful um so that was the first first subst- no the first substitution sorry was zimba. was zimba coming on for epia wasn't it sorry then koiki came on for mills and i did think at that point oh maybe he's gonna change formation slightly here because but you didn't need to no uh, i I know and i know he didn't need to but that's what i thought was happening and it didn't really and but i understood i could so i could see his what he was trying to do koiki is a much more attacking fullback than mills is mills is much more defensively minded and therefore he maybe thought well we've lost 
our left winger, so to speak, in, in Epia. Therefore, let's put Koike on. Okay, he'll run from deeper, but he's got the pace to be able to do that, hasn't he? To, to get back and, and to get all the way up the pitch. So maybe that's why it was. The thing that, for me, the, the, the thing that really killed the game was Labala coming on for, for Apare. And Ooh, I will... I- the thing is, right, is that I've, I've for weeks now, I've been going, I like Labar. I want to see more from him. I reckon he can be really, really good. I've actually got to the end of my tether with him now. And I'm a bit like, I don't care if he never plays for us again. Because he doesn't do anything. He's one of the, it feels to me like he's one of those players that, if you were to see him on a park and play park football with him, He'd be one of those lads that basically never passes the ball, is always doing everything himself and wants to look the flash git that can play football. But stick him in a football team and he's dreadful because he's not really a team player because all he wants to do is do it all himself. And I don't Mm. think he's actually that good enough. I think that's a bit harsh. But I, I, fine. Coming from you. Been hard. No, no, no. That, I didn't finish my point. I was just about to say, I know I've been harsh. I think you've been harsh on him personally, but go on. I think I, I, I personally, I just think he's had long enough. Okay. And he's not, he's not done a single thing for me to make me go, he is a player that can do something for this team. He can stay on his feet though. Like that about him. Oh, good for him. He can stand up. Well done. <laughs> can I, can I make a point? that I really want to stress is not my point. And it's oh. somebody's on Twitter's, and I'm really sorry because I can't remember their name, but somebody summed up this issue perfectly, right? Mm. And it's this. January, we bought in strikers that cannot do 90 minutes. So John Brady is constantly working on a time management system for most slash all of the games that he's managing. And that therefore yeah. makes it impossible. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. And yeah. so that I think that's in a nutshell. And I also can we can I also just point out that I read John Brady's statement that he wanted another 10 minutes from Epia yes, and I that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think because like, what I don't want is that. for you know, I I'm very rational and and you have got to balance it, haven't you? And you know, mm. I was annoyed that Epia came off, but you know, I, I think, think- I think you're, you know, you're not alone in the fact that you're annoyed that he came off. I'm annoyed that he came off. Mm. It's just that thing that when, when you know, it, it, we're told that well, essentially we're having to manage him. You have to concede, he, don't you? Bad. Then well, yeah, I, I kind of go well. I don't want him to be injured for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, Agreed. I'd rather lose him for twenty minutes than lose him for Agreed. six games. Can I make I think- a, a, a plea, please, to John Brady for the rest of the season? I know there are only five games left, but it's like a, a small glimmer of hope. I'd like to see Ali Koiki, i.e. the king, up front, please. <laughs> At some point. I mean, Wembley. he can't finish either. It doesn't aye, need to aye, finish. Aye, 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 aye. He's a defender slash winger. So? He still can't finish? Yes. So why, but- why put him up front if he can't because finish? Because our strikers can't finish, Charles. Oh. Josh Appiah's not scored yet. Even, <laughs> that's, that's, thanks, Danny. Thanks, yeah. Danny. Um, that's, that's perfectly fine. But what you're you're saying? Let's let's solve solve a problem with another problem. <laughs> he ain't no I problem. Did, by the way, poor old Louis Apparate. By the way, I really, oh, I still really off. like it. I don't think he should have come off because I think he's fit. I don't mm. think there's any issues with his fitness. I, I think as soon as he comes off, 
we've lost our whole shape at front. He chases everything down. I just want he reminds me a little bit of Rico when he first came mm. in terms of nothing's going in for him, but you could tell when it does, it's going to start because he's got a strength. He's got that focal point that we were missing when we didn't have anyone in when a Tete was injured and stuff. It, it, he just works his ass off and I just really want him just to get a couple of goals and yeah. in now just to get up, just to get up on a run. He, he gives us a lot, I think compared very, to the other guys. So Yeah. No, no, sorry, Danny. Very quickly. I, I saw, and I can't remember where I saw this, um, but it was online over the weekend. Um, basically, people tearing into Louis Appere, but also... Don't go upset in my sunshine. No, <laughs> but also um, they were saying that how... Basically, they were, they were ripping into the cobblers as being a graveyard for strikers, which I know we've joked about before, and talking about how ridiculous it is that we get strikers in and they can never hit a barn door when they're here, but as soon as they move away, they then start banging them in for fun, yada, yada, yada. Um, it made me wonder whether there, we have an issue as a fan base where we don't necessarily give the strikers, you know, the players, the support, and that <laughs> I sound all woke now. I'm so sorry. That that supportive environment for them to succeed and flourish. Mm. I it, it made me wonder whether you know. We, Going back to what you know, we discussed earlier about the fans not necessarily really believing that we can, you know, achieve promotion this season. I often wonder whether, when a new striker comes to the club, if they don't score within five minutes, then some of our fans tend to give up on them and just say, "Danny no, Rose hasn't scored for five hundred and six hours." Was so. the last goal that he scored that overhead kick away at Lincoln? <laughs> Feels like it. Even if it was, well, if it's going out, going out in style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. going out of the bank. But I think, I think if you work hard enough, though, fans will get on board. Yeah, like yeah. I think the fans are on board with Louis. Yeah, I think mostly, aren't they? Mm. Um, mm. Whereas I think some of the other ones, it feels like much of a muchness of yeah. the Zimbas and the Balas. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's difficult different. when you've got a striker in on loan, especially when you get them in on loan in January. Yeah. Because you kind of know full well that they're not going to be here next season. Yeah. Because well, the first one wasn't here about past Christmas, was well, it? Well, exactly. But this is it. But I mean, at least when they're there, supposedly for a full season, you know, Keon Atete did sign a season-long loan initially. <clears throat> you kind of, because you know that you've got them for a year, they feel a little bit more like they are your player. Whereas in January, you sort of going, well, we've got them for four, four and a half months, essentially, isn't it? So it's different whereas obviously Louis Apiary is our player you know he is yeah, but Callum Morton didn't have that problem did he no, no Callum Morton's just he's a bit of a gem though he's a gem find I mean again I go back to the point where, that I made before which is that if the strikers don't score then they're pretty much you know written off whereas Callum Morton did score scored a couple of goals I think was it away at Grimsby he scored a couple of times one of them was a really, really great solo run um, where he slotted it either underneath the keeper or, you know, into the, the far corner of the net, um, having run through the defence essentially with the ball. Um, you know, when you've got a player like, that can do that, then obviously you're not going to say he's rubbish because they're really, really good and you can't, you know, and you get excited by that kind of player. But, you know, Zimba. Epia, well, maybe not so much Epia, but Zimba hasn't really had the opportunity, I would say, 
to win over the fans because of the fact that he's only scored that one goal. And that was a tap-in, let's be honest. A tap-in. Um, I mean, Charles, it was. Yes. Chesney. Can I make an observational statement followed by a question? I don't know why you always ask for permission <laughs> to do things. That, that You're allowed. Very parliamentary, there. It was <laughs> because it's, this is gonna. This is going to rock the boat, and it is going to split and divide mm. opinion. And I'm, I'm interested to see which way it goes. Okay, go on then. My observational statement is this. By the way, I I think Joseph Mills is great, and I think he's a great player, and I really like him. I think Horseful is a more vocal and much more able to lead captain than what Joseph Mills is. That's fine. I don't think question, that you need the armband to do that, though. N- no, but the question is, how many goals has our defence leaked since Joseph Mills was captain? And how many goals did we not leak? When I mean, he's been, in fairness, he's been captain all season. He's just been injured. No, but that, yeah. But I just wonder whether I don't think it's there's got anything to not do enough, I didn't see enough vocal instruction from the captain at the weekend. I mean, and I, by I'll the way, I don't, that, that, I don't question be, his integrity as a captain and I don't no, question no, his... But I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, Chesie. That kind of thing really annoys me because you get different types of characters and different types of captains. And I, I, I just don't... There's this, there's this obsession that a captain must be somebody that will go and, you know, shout at everybody and really pull, you know, bash people's heads together, go and, you know, argue the case for the, you know, with the referee and all this, that and the other. You do not need to be wearing the armband in order to do that. The cap, have, having the captain's armband is essentially, you're just being the, I mean, yeah, okay, fine. You're going to use the word. You're the leader of the team, of the of the players. He's obviously the player that is most well-respected in the dressing room because it was essentially the dressing room that voted to make him the captain. It doesn't stop Fraser Horsfall from staying as that vocal you know, leader and captain that he has been in in Mills's absence, and I don't think I, I I think that the fact is that Joseph Mills does his captaining side of things by leading through example, because oh, yeah, I think he's a very he, good example, absolutely, yeah, and I, and I think that is what in in you know for him is is what he is as a leader, and that's the way he it's the way that he conducts himself both on and off the pitch. Okay. All right, I take that on board. Okay, let me adjust my statement based on what you said because I think you've made a really valid point. I personally would like to see more of a vocal influence on the game from Joseph Mills. There you go. That's what I. That's what I would like. Why? I didn't though? see enough of it. I didn't see enough of it personally, and I think yeah, it but would be Fraser really, Horsfall was doing it all the way through. I the think game. it would be a really effective tool. Because I think he's a fantastic player and we've desperately missed his calmness and his... But you're asking him to not be calm, aren't you? I'm asking him to be vocal. Not necessarily not calm, but just vocal. Just give give those youngsters a bit a bit of guidance. Because sometimes I, they look a little bit like... Dick. I think if Joseph Mills was here now, mm-hmm. he would be really 
fighting back against you on that. Then that's point. absolutely fine. But that's why I'm here, right? Well, you, well, yeah, to give your opinion, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm just saying that, you know, I think you're being very unfair on him. I, I don't, on the basis of that, I don't think you have to be one type of person to be a captain. I think you have to be vocal, though. That's my personal opinion, on the but pitch can, anyway. But he can be vocal without shouting his head off and coming off with a sore throat. Not everybody has to be Roy Keane. No, wouldn't it be great if everyone was Roy Keane, though? <laughs> no, we'd be, it wouldn't. We'd have no footballers no, left. Exactly. <laughs> everyone would be dead. <laughs> no, I, I would just like, I'd like him to have a bit more of a, I'd okay. like him to, him to be a bit, not stronger, but just have that bit of that vocal because I didn't hear it enough on Saturday. I didn't hear them really geeing up that defence, really geeing up those youngsters in midfield. Uh, let's have a little bit more of that because I think he's brilliant and I don't want to, what I don't want is for people to think that I don't like him and that I don't think he does a good job. I think he does a fantastic job. I want to hear a bit more on that pitch. I want them, I want them to be communicating. I didn't hear enough communication on Saturday. Okay, fair enough. Um, right, let's get some emails. It's time to read your letters out. But things have changed, so listen out. If you want to write about Northampton Town, you'll need to write this next bit down. Just have a rant. Or just some fun at podcast at cobblers to me.com. No matter if we lose or win, send us your thoughts. Come on, get them in. Yes, get them in. Um, you can email us podcast at cobblers to me.com, find us on Twitter at cobblers to me, or indeed on the old face he at cobblers to me. Again, Basic bit. Sunny D. Yes. Oh, can you still get Sunny D? Moving off topic. Yeah, Sunny D turns people orange. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it did back in the day because obviously you know the whole Enoch far thing. easier ways to the do whole that. Dale Winton thing. <laughs> Is that what he did? Spent all his day in the supermarket drinking Sunny D. <laughs> I love it. I, to be fair, I was never allowed it because it used to send me nuts, which isn't a surprise, let's be honest. <laughs> Liam Shaw got in touch um, about the apparent controversy last week regarding some Barrow tickets being reserved for members of Sixfields Travel Club. Um, Liam felt very strongly about it, going as far as to ask us if we were going to discuss, and I quote, the club's betrayal. Um, so this whole thing was basically the Barrow tickets for the last game of the season went on sale after the Bradford City game had finished, so at full time. And there were, I, I think it was a tweet and maybe a Facebook post by Six Hills Travel basically telling, I believe, their members that um, if you've got a ticket for the match then or you're supposed to be getting a ticket for the match then to contact the club or that someone from the club was going to be contacting them. And... Um, this was in advance of Saturday when the tickets were going on sale. Um, a few people saw this. It was mentioned on Twitter. Liam sent us a message about it as well. And the club 
responded, or rather James Whiting responded um, to, I think it was Niall Hollowell. I might have got that name wrong completely. I do apologise now. And it stated that the only tickets that were processed before they went on sale after the Bradford game were to those fans who filled in the away match booking form at the start of the season. I, do you know what? I'd forgotten all about the away match booking form. It's been that long. I didn't realise that was still a thing. No, I didn't at all. I, I didn't realise that. But this is exactly what that's for, right? Yes. Yes, because I think situation that's for, if right? you've if you've filled in that form, you're basically saying I will go to every single away game, and I've got a feeling that you have to pay or buy a ticket for every away game. It's like it comes directly out I of think, your account as a direct. I debit. think how it I think how it used to be is that you go having to a certain point to cancel it if you didn't right. want it, but okay. otherwise it automatically went. Yeah, that's how it used to work. I think anyway. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I looked into it and. You know, I, I've got no reason to to doubt what James has written on Twitter um, about it. One thing that I will say is that, or I want to ask you, Danny, is whether you felt that full time for the sale of the tickets or for the tickets to go on sale, rather, whether that was really a a good idea. Just on the basis that I know, for example, one of our riches, one of our riches, one of our <laughs> listeners, <laughs> one of our listeners called Rich. Um, he did leave the game slightly early to go and queue up to get a Barrow ticket. And therefore he yeah. missed, I, I believe Rich missed Bradford's chance that Robert saved towards oh, what the save, end. By the way. What a that, save. Either. No, we yeah. didn't. Um, yeah, he wasn't, wasn't the only one either by the looks of it either who mm. left the game early and that probably wasn't the best of ideas, I wouldn't say. It seemed but, a little weird to me. I mean, I, I get the point the that you can't please everyone. I, you know, yeah. I get that, and and I think it's ne- I think it is maybe the right thing to do to sell, put them on sale on a match day, because you're most likely to have all your season ticket holders there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, it makes sense. But why not put them on sale before the game? And I think I did see somebody on Twitter actually suggest this. Why not put them on sale before the game? So say at twelve o'clock, which might get people down to the ground. Earlier in the day, they might then go into Cars Bar. They might go to you know any of the other bits that we can you know as the cobblers can can use you know for food or whatever like that. And therefore, the bit more money can be made out of us, the fans. Maybe. Yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. We've discussed it, Liam. Um, as I said, looking at it from what James Whiting has said, um, it was the away game booking form I think it's weird that the Sixers Travel Club deleted the posts maybe they weren't worded in the best possible way I don't know it, clearly they weren't because a lot of people got annoyed about it but there we go um, Jamie Lawman got in touch Chesie do you remember a few weeks ago we asked for any international listeners to get in touch yes well Jamie Lawman <laughs> He's in Shanghai in China. Oh, legend. Wow. Hello, China. <laughs> Specifically, Jamie. <laughs> Shanghai, Jamie. Shanghai to you. That's a long way away. That is a long way away. That's more I than still... a track to ride up the M5. Back <laughs> <laughs> to news. I still find it bizarre that our voices have been heard as someone walks down a street in Shanghai. 
Well, I, I'll, 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 I believe That's... that they might be in lockdown at the moment, according to Jamie. Oh, Mason, really? So I don't okay. think he'll be walking down. Well, he might be going on a. They might have got the equivalent of a Boris walk going. Hmm. That's true. Mm. I'm not so sure they have. A, no. I don't know who's in charge of China. Well, no, it's not that. It's that I think it's really strict. Yes, no, 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 I know, but yeah. I was going to try and rename a Boris Walk into the name of the person that runs their country, but I don't know who that is, so I can't. We're not global leaders, unfortunately, so we don't have the know-how, right? No, that's quite not right. Not yet. <laughs> he says, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, Jamie. It's great. I love hearing from anyone that's listening. You know, if, if you're listening right now and you just want to say hello, then then please do just get in touch and say hi. We always love uh having hearing your opinions whether it be um uh you know on the games or on the stuff going on around the football club about the podcast it's it's lovely so thank you very much for getting in touch jamie and thank you very much for listening as well um you can send your emails as i said to podcast at cobblers to me dot com before we go danny yes little bit of ntfc women news yes from the weekend not too much because apparently um uh, Rye, what, what were they called? What's what's the team called? Rise, something. Rice Park. Rice Park. Yeah, scared, scared they were. So they cancelled the game against NTFC women at Harpole mm-hmm. FC um, about ten minutes before kickoff. Uh, it probably wasn't forever, that they? Close. No, they, they're just waiting. I mean, I believe, I believe that we should just be handed a twenty-four nil win. Yeah, because let's that, face well, that would be normal, wouldn't it? That would be normal. I, I, th- I believe that that's what they're trying to run away from. A yeah, battery. you probably only get a 3-0 if you don't turn up. Don't you? Exactly. They're trying to save their goal difference, and I don't like it. No. Anyway. I do not either. But just, the development gonna... squad, Charles. Oh, yes, the development squad. Can I just add the word allegedly, by the way, to everything yeah. I've just said? Thank <laughs> you very much. Be. Cheers. <laughs> Go for it. The development squad. Yeah, development they develop. Squad. They did uh, into the League Cup final. Oh, develop it to a three-one win over Buggers. Bugbrook. Oh, the Buggers! Yes, Alex Bartlett got a goal. Seska Partridge got two. Are they the Badgers? Bugbrook? Is it Bugbrook Badgers um, or is that the men's? Possibly, yes. Yeah, maybe. Okay, fair enough. Let, let's go with it. Let's go with it. Bugbrook yeah. Badgers. Love yeah, it. there you go. Who scored? Sorry, the, you were telling us. Um, Alex Bartlett and Cheska Partridge got two. Aren't they both first teamers? Charles. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> they, they do feel like they're two players. The development who, squad will be on you. They do feel Sorry. like two players who are developed into first teamers already. Yes. Um, okay. I'm not sure what the rules are, but I assume. I mean, Loughborough bent okay. them. Well, Loughborough. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Yeah. No, they definitely did. <laughs> it's allegedly. Stop it. I'm not getting in trouble because you don't want to say allegedly. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm joking. Loughborough. Oh, dear. Deadly serious. Um, <laughs> uh, well, well done to the development yes. squad for That's reaching great. the League Cup final. That's brilliant. I enjoy I enjoy a final. Yeah, finals are good. Finals are very good, especially those from 1997. Don't you agree, yes. Danny? Oh, that is a beautiful link, Charles. Isn't it just? To, hey, we're uh, excited about this, aren't we? Yeah, is, is this the first time we're going to announce this? Yeah, yes, to everybody. Yeah. The Patreons already know about it. Patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me to find oh, out they? things first. Yes, the Patreons are aware. Well, they are if they've read the newsletter this month, yes. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously there's a 20th anniversary, a 25th anniversary 25th, I think, sorry, the time, yeah. of the Wembley 1997 
uh, team event Wembers. win Wembley win. Uh, it's going to be a dinner. Is there going to be a dinner? I believe there's a dinner. Yes, there's a dinner, and then there's a chat with some uh, nobbers called "It's All Cobblers to Me," who are apparently hosting an outside event. Mm. that evening on the 20th of May at Sixfield. So what we thought we'd do is talk to some of the players, some of our heroes, Charles. I have to Can say. I just say, I'm so jealous um, because yes. I, I, I caught uh, a dreaded bug last week. And Jake. Of the viral variety. Uh, of the viral variety, yes. yeah. I believe that it might have come through an email from Jamie Lawman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Does that work? No, it doesn't at all. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't be there because I was just too tired. Um, hey, and I thought but, um, I'll leave it to yourself, Danny, and Neil. Um, and so Neil. I am a little bit worried. Um, that one, but yeah, we, we're yeah. going to record some special podcasts with some of the players from that team, which I'm so excited about. And I was absolutely fanboying about this week because we spoke to uh, Ian Clarkson this amazing. week, Charles. And I think that's going to be shoved out into the world at some point this week. It will um, be. Yes, it will be. And we're going to be speaking to hopefully some more of that squad. And I will equally fanboy over more of them in the coming weeks as did, we lead up to that event. Did you play a game of name that bench with them? We did not. We should have you done. Should have done. Yeah. You should it have done. You should have asked them to name bench, the bench for Wembley. For Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> Every player you could ask that, especially Dean Peer, because he'll know at least one of them. <laughs> yes. I'm looking Dean Peer Corridor. Dean Peer Corridor. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting them all to. Um, endorse that aren't we oh yeah of course yeah absolutely yeah. brilliant stuff yeah i can't wait for that so that will be out at some point this week um stay glued to our twitter feed and our facebook um for details of when it comes out we'll hopefully be doing one a week if not maybe more than that uh in the lead up to the evening which is on may the 20th. 20th. Thank yeah. you. Mind and memory for that. Um, yeah, tickets for that, by the way. £5 just to come and uh, watch us chat to the legends. We're, we're going to basically do it the same way that we did the fans forum back in August. Um, so <laughs> we'll be asking for questions from the audience. A bit like bit the like... one that said, is our goalkeeper any good this season? <laughs> is, that, is that what you're talking about, Charles? We're, we're, we're going to get him to ask whether the goalkeeper in 97 was any good. <laughs> get get, get Willie to answer that directly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Um, so, yeah, come along. £5 a ticket for that. I think the dinner is slightly more, um, and that's being hosted by the wonderful Tom Cliff. Um but yeah, really looking forward to that. I hope to see as many of you there as possible. Big news. Um, I've also got hold of a Mike Sewell. Do you remember Ooh. Mike Sewell? Yes. He was the commentator of Go those on, famous words. Brain um, again? No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was the TV. Oh, that was the final, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we've got um, Mike is, I'm going to be talking to him, I, blah, I think on Thursday I'm interviewing him. And uh, that will be out as soon as possible as well. It's going to be great catching up with all these legends. Absolutely brilliant. I know we've spoken to Woody before and Samo, but I'm looking forward to having them back on we could, this, our award-winning on, podcast. On the 20th of May, we could be embroiled in another playoff campaign. Oh, don't. The oh, agony. We could be in the, in the midst of one, couldn't we? The agony. We could be. We could be, Danny. Imagine if we were. Our hearts could have been broken just hours before. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, so what are we going to do about... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can you imagine? <laughs> Cheer ourselves up by reminiscing. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Um, we'll be back on Thursday this week for Definite with the preview show as we look ahead to our Good Friday trip to Oldham Athletic. Yes, that's right. It could right. be a bad Friday. could be a very good Friday. It could be. It could be. Uh, Danny is going up and he's ordering himself a Chesurection scarf have you seen that danny that I is have. amazing if you want to get your hands on a chesurection star scarf then do ask danny i believe <laughs> he's bootlegging them uh, <laughs> uh so yeah stay tuned listen out for that on thursday we'll have an olden fan with us i'm presuming as we try to every single week have a fan of the opposition um but that's it for today's episode thank you so much danny and chesy for an amazing episode it's been really fun to spar with you today (laughs) remember if you like what we do and want to support us to keep making episodes you can join the fan club on patreon just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me and just before i go massive massive shout out to robert sammons who increased his pledge this week thank you so much robert it really does mean the world to us that's all from us i hope you have a great week and i hope the cobblers do too there's the cup there's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages the cobblers are going through into division one bring them on because we deserve it This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.